0: Last week, something unexpected happened
1: at the top of the Metropolitan Police. We've just got some breaking news, which I just want to bring people listening. Dame Cresta Dick, who was saying at around 11 o'clock this morning that she had no intention of resigning. It's now being reported that she's resigned. This is allegedly after Sadiq Khan, the mayor of London, said he no longer had confidence in her leadership.
2: So what changed? She's apologised for many of the sexual misconduct cases. She's apologised for Wayne Cousins. She's apologised for the case of Stephen Port. And her face, I think, has just become synonymous really with failings and apologies.
0: A week on from her resignation, was Cressida Dick to blame for the mess at the Met? Was it a case of a few rotten apples Or has the disease spread deep into the roots of policing in the UK? You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, a crisis in policing. The Times Crime and Security Editor Fiona Hamilton tells us about the rise and fall of Cressida Dick. Fiona, I mean, it feels like... A week is a long time in policing at the moment. Take us back to last Thursday evening when when the news broke. I mean, where were you and what did you think?
2: Well, it seemed on that day that about five or six hours was a long time in policing. (laughs) I was working from home. I was writing a front-page story and the news was broken by Laura Koonsberg at the BBC that Cressida Dick was standing down and, of course... This caused shockwaves, really, because it had only been a few hours earlier that she had insisted on BBC Radio that she was absolutely determined to stay at the Met.
3: I have absolutely no intention uh, of going, uh, and I believe that I am and have been actually uh, for the last five years uh, leading a real transformation in the Met.
2: It had seemed for some time that the writing was on the wall, but for it to happen that evening was really something out of the blue and actually, apparently, it blindsided Pretty Patel, the Home Secretary, as well.
0: For a lot of people who aren't watching the police as closely as you are, this will have come as a bit of a shock, and it all started with an interview on, on the Today programme where the Mayor of London seemed to come out and give Cresta Dick days or weeks in office. What prompted him, do you think, to do it?
2: The Metropolitan Police, for the past year or so, perhaps a bit longer, has become a bit of a byword for scandal, in particular allegations of inappropriate racist stop searches against members of London's black community, allegations of homophobia, And, of course, the horrific murder by P.C. Wayne Cousins of Sarah Everard when she was walking home in London last March. Mm. And that has really resulted in an outpouring of claims of misogyny and sexism against the force, and actually forces across the country. So policing generally has been in a bit of crisis, but crisis has really hit fever pitch at the, the Metropolitan Police. These events all really took hold in the last couple of weeks when we got the results of Operation Hotton, which was an independent watchdog investigation into the behaviour of officers at Charing Cross Police Station. And it actually began with an allegation that a police officer had sex with, with a drunk person who came back to the station with him. That allegation was ultimately never proven. But the investigation morphed into a much wider inquiry into allegations of officer behaviour.
1: Another grim day for the Met, in trouble this time, officers at one of its most famous police stations.
2: And the Independent Office for Police Conduct completed their investigation and they did something that, is really quite unusual. They published unredacted findings which detailed the WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger and text message conversations between officers at that station. The messages were sent over a couple of years up to 2018. I'd not seen that done before and Mm. it was utterly horrendous.
1: Whichever way you look at it, Sean, this report is shocking and damning. It's uncovered highly offensive messages sent by police officers on different chat groups. Now to put them into context, we're talking about messages referring to rape and ones involving sexist, racist, and homophobic language. Now they
2: initially just containing absolutely disgraceful offensive discriminatory language. It was joking about raping colleagues. A male officer wrote to a female colleague saying he wanted to chloroform her and other graphic rape jokes. They joked about killing black children. There was casual homophobic terms. There was casual racism. But there was a wider cultural issue there as well. I mean, there was a real culture of fear and intimidation around the station. Anybody who spoke up about it was threatened on these WhatsApp groups with being a snitch. A lot of people who were uncomfortable with what was being said didn't feel able to blow the whistle. And that was what led to Sadiq Khan, insiders say, becoming utterly furious Apparently, the the nature of the language and what those officers were up to reminded him of growing up in London in the 1960s and 70s, the bad old days, as it were, Mm. and worried that that terrible culture was still there and potentially was worse.
1: Women who complained were told, play the game or stay quiet. Last week, I made clear to the Metropolitan Police Commissioner The scale of the change, I believe, is urgently required to rebuild the trust and confidence of Londoners in the Met. I'm not satisfied.
2: Now, what we now know is about 10 days ago, Cressida Dick submitted a report to him which outlined how she wanted to restore public confidence. Khan felt it wasn't radical enough. Then he did another interview the following week when does she need to come to you then with her plan?
1: Well, I see the Commission on a regular basis. The next time I see her, I'd expect to see a, a response to the two big questions that I posed. I'm not going to go into the details of okay, the but, 90-minute meeting. But, but, the two we, big questions but you One must meet is, her
2: very regularly, right? Is it, is it next it stays, month? Is no, it no, no, longer
1: no. than that? It stays weeks. It stays weeks.
2: Unbeknownst to us, he'd already received the report a few days earlier, had already been unsatisfied, and was probably therefore already making up his mind that his confidence just wasn't there. Does... Cressida Dick, still have your trust and
1: confidence? That'll be contingent upon the response from the Commissioner the next time I see her.
2: Then on Thursday, Cressida Dick hits the airwaves again. It was a pre-scheduled BBC radio phone-in that she agreed to go along with, and she appeared very defiant.
3: We have a service now which is, I'm absolutely certain, more professional, fairer, more transparent, more accountable and closer to its communities and more effective.
2: She acknowledged that lots needed to be done to sort out behaviour. She said she was the best person for it. And she even took a swipe at Khan because she pointed out that he had agreed in September that her contract should be extended to April 2024. And she said that only three weeks earlier that he and Priti Patel had been in a meeting with her where they said they had total confidence in the Mets' ability going into the future.
3: We have good people in the main. I have been transforming uh, the the way people are, the who the people are and, and the way they conduct themselves.
2: So, behind the scenes, I suspect that that interview angered Khan, and within a few hours, it had been made clear to officials at the Metropolitan Police that he didn't have confidence with her. They were due to have a meeting at 4.30pm on Thursday. Before the meeting, Cressida Dick passed the message to City Hall through her senior officials that she would be resigning. It is quite clear that the mayor no longer has
3: sufficient confidence in my leadership of the Metropolitan Police Service. He has left me no choice but to step aside. I
2: say this with deep sadness and regret. She and Sadiq Khan did not speak. It was my understanding by Sunday they still hadn't personally spoken. She rang Priti Patel, the Home Secretary, to say Sadiq Khan had given her no choice but to resign. I'm incredibly proud of my team and all
3: that they have achieved. And that was that. There we have it.
0: You said it looks like the straw that broke the camel's back was Charing Cross, and you did a lot of the big reporting on that. Talk us through that and what it showed us about the culture of the police.
2: So the Charing Cross case, there's two issues there, really, which I think can be widened more generically, that there are certainly pockets, at least, potentially wider of this really bad behaviour But then the good officers who want to call it out don't always feel able to. And so there's really serious issues with whistleblowing as well. And now we know that this kind of thing is not one bad apple or a few rotten apples Because it seems that every time the IOPC has a look at something, they find wider behavioural issues. So I would point you to the case in the summer of 2020 of Bieber, Henry and Nicole Smallman who were found murdered in Wembley.
1: They are not some invented cartoon characters, but real life police officers. The mother of the two murdered sisters labelled them Despicable One and Two.
2: Two police constables who had been sent to protect the scene from animals at night took photos of the bodies, made horrific comments, such as describing them as two dead birds, oh, and God. sent them to colleagues on a WhatsApp group. And also, one of them sent them to people outside the Metropolitan Police, which included a doctor and a dentist.
3: Graham, who was, um, you know, the spokesperson for the IOPC and going to be overseeing this he said we we've had um, an anonymous phone call to say that police officers had taken selfies with your dead girls and I was so angry I I lost it with them.
2: were actually imprisoned late last year and I, i looked into this a bit further and it turned out that the officers had been stationed at forest gate police station They had shared the images with a smaller group of officers, but a wider cohort were aware of what they had done that was wrong because they had sent selfies from themselves at the crime scene with forensic tents in the background and made these bad comments on a bigger WhatsApp group that had dozens of officers from Forest Gate. So I think there was a wider awareness at that police station of what was going on. And when the Independent Office for Police Conduct looked into the WhatsApp messages, followed the evidence in that sense on the phones they found wider issues of racist comments there were some officers cheating on exams and there were some other misconduct issues so it does show us that there is a clearly a, a wider really serious cultural problem here.
0: I mean, I think the the case you've just highlighted there, a lot of people wouldn't even have heard of it or won't have noticed it because it didn't get as much attention as Charing Cross. But it does kind of highlight a really important question here, which is just that even before the Charing Cross report came out, Sadiq Khan and Priti Patel, when they renewed Cressida Dick's contract, A, would have known that Charing Cross was being investigated, but they had all these other incidents which, again, highlighted the same cultural problems. You know, what, what is it that's changed now? to make that impossible for the commissioners to carry on?
2: That's a really good point. I mean, that really is a question for Sadiq Khan, and I don't think he has adequately answered that yet. Mm. Uh, He's been accused of politicking, and there may be some of that. It may be that, you know, reading the content of the messages at Charing Cross, which he perhaps wasn't aware of months ago, probably did harken back to the 60s and the 70s.
3: In Britain, a London police officer has been sentenced to life in prison for the kidnap, rape and murder of a young woman. In a case that has caused anguish across the UK, a court heard how PC Wayne Cousins pretended to arrest Sarah Everard and used his police handcuffs to kidnap her from the streets as she walked home from a friend's house.
2: In the past year or so, particularly since the vigil into Sarah Everard, if you remember, where lots of women gathered on, particularly women, gathered on Clapham Common to pay their respects to Everard after she'd been murdered by cousins, there was a huge groundswell of anger and emotion and concern about the police that culminated in that vigil. It ended with police officers bundling female protesters to the floor and handcuffing some of them. And there was huge criticism of the Met's reaction on that night and of Dick in particular. She faced calls back then to resign and Patel and Khan had been among those voices expressing concern.
1: I've got to be honest, I was surprised and angry at what I saw uh, on the TV screens on Saturday night. Um, I've already expressed my views about I thought it wasn't pleased properly. And that's why I've asked two separate independent watchdogs to look into the way the vigil was pleased.
2: I think there's a couple of other issues. I think Sadiq Khan knows that there's a lot more to come. More. How much worse could things get for
0: the Met? We'll have more in a moment, but first.
1: Hi, this is Tom Whipple, Science Editor for The Times. Thanks for listening. By doing so, you enable me to keep pace with the rapidly changing developments in the coronavirus pandemic and more. To enjoy more remarkable stories every day, subscribe to The Times and The Sunday Times today and get one free month. Visit thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times.
2: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves,
0: Are there more stories that are about to break that could look even worse?
2: We've got the damaging Wayne Cousins reviews. So there's a whole series of investigations into how the Cousins case was handled, notably the IOPC looking at the failure to stop him before his crimes escalated. Baroness Casey has been invited into the Met to take a really wide-ranging look at culture and standards. Now, she won't report for months. Mm. She's been told she can go anywhere she wants to go. But more imminently, Sir Tom Windsor, who is Her Majesty's Chief Inspector of Constabulary, he's been overseeing a report into vetting and other standards and culture issues at the force, which might come out in the next few months.
1: You've probably not heard of the name Daniel Morgan before today or you might faintly recall that it had something to do with an unsolved murder in London in the 1980s, a murky episode confined to a bygone era. But as today's frankly devastating report shows, it's so much more than that. Institutional corruption in the present, not just the past. That's the finding.
2: If you remember last year, there was an independent panel which had been working for years on the unsolved murder case of Daniel Morgan, who was a private investigator who was found uh, murdered in 1987.
1: Today's report isn't about who killed Daniel Morgan. It's about why, 34 years on, we're still not in the position to say who carried out that murder and why nobody has been brought to justice for it.
2: The Daniel Morgan case is uh, is one that's so complicated you probably need about three podcasts. But effectively, it's a murder that has just had the stench of corruption, malfeasance and incompetence from the very beginning. The independent panel, when they reported last year, they talked about corrupt officers in South London taking brown paper bags, that the murder inquiry never got to a good start because there were too many vested interests involved. The report accuses the Metropolitan Police of a form of institutional corruption. Police corruption
0: is a betrayal of everything policing stands for in this country.
2: Cressida Dick was not involved in any way in any of those early days, but it became one of those cases where the Met seemed more concerned with protecting its own reputation. Mm. than getting the truth out there and and so she was accused of putting obstacles in the way in that regard which she totally denied but it was it was another issue which i think maybe gets to the heart of your your question before about why now which is that she apologized for the daniel morgan murder she's apologized for many of the sexual misconduct cases She's apologised for Wayne Cousins. She's apologised for the case of Stephen Port, who was the serial killer who was able to roam free, killing three more victims in East London when an inquest jury found that the Met, had they not made so many blunders in the inquiry into the deaths, Mm. they might have been able to prevent those further murders. Perhaps Kahn felt that actually... Like when we see politicians who are just thrown under the spotlight and you just get scandal after scandal and they they can't recover. Perhaps he felt that she just wasn't going to be able to recover and she wasn't going to be able to get that confidence back.
0: She was very popular with many of the officers. She was very loyal to them. But was she not as good at sort of turning on them and, and, and putting them under a microscope when they needed to be. I mean, for example, one of the criticisms from Sadiq Khan was that even after the Charing Cross report came out and even after these incidents were known about, a lot of those officers were still allowed to carry on working.
2: Well, I think there's two issues there in that if we take the Charing Cross point first, it seems absolutely abhorrent to members of the public that there were 14 officers investigated, of which 10 were found to have some kind of a case to answer. And now now we find out that nearly all of them are still working at the Met Police and two of them are being promoted. And that's not really satisfactory. So perhaps there needs to be a, a look at whether there can be some more punitive sanctions in the disciplinary system. I mean, Dick was what's known really as a Met lifer. She did leave to go to the Foreign Office for a couple of years in a sort of nondescript slightly shadowy role that no one ever fully understood what it was Mm. but apart from that she had been with the Metropolitan Police since 1983 when she started as a constable on the beat which means that she has a really good appreciation of how horrible the job can be it can be really really tough you get a lot of abuse you have to see a lot of horrendous things and you don't always have the support you need in difficult situations. And when she was promoted to commissioner, she was hugely popular with rank and file because she understood what they're going through and she'd speak out in defence of them. But when there was legitimate criticism of the force, I believe that Cressida Dick was overly defensive. She denied that there was any racism issues within the Metropolitan Police, which some of her own senior colleagues would not say they think there's a problem. Well, I don't see Stop
3: and Search as racist. Um, I know that, you know, in the history of London, uh, people have had concerns uh, about our use of Um, historic and even sometimes even towards the present day stop and search powers. Uh, But I don't see it as racist. It's a very important tool. And as you know, under my commissionership, we have used more, uh, not less. And it has been part of why, uh, year on year, we have seen reductions in, in, in young men being stabbed.
2: I interviewed Assistant Commissioner Neil Basu last year, early last year, and he said that relations with the black community were the worst he'd known in his career. So there was a really serious problem there. And if you're going to police London properly, you need to be able to police the black community with trust and confidence. And that was lacking. And I think that rigidness and that automatic desire to sort of back the rank and file just didn't look good to the rest of the public. And I think it's one of the the key issues that she ultimately had. Do you accept that racism is a problem in the Metropolitan Police? Yes,
1: I do. Yes.
0: Earlier this week, another senior officer, Deputy Assistant Commissioner Baz Javid, said some police officers have racist views and are racist. But he denied the Met was a racist organisation.
1: Let me be really clear on this. There's absolutely no room for racism in policing and especially here in the metropolitan police
0: there have been these huge problems and yet Cressida Dick you know did have her contract renewed not that long ago is there a chance that some of this now is a result of the more recent scandal of partygate and the way the met police have have handled that because it's drawn national and international coverage. And there's been shock, really, at every time they've made a statement. I think a lot of people have been slightly stunned by it. You know, whether it was at the very start when they said they wouldn't be investigating because they don't investigate retrospective crimes or more recently when they stopped the Sue Gray report coming out which you know even Lord Sumption former supreme court justice came out and said made no sense legally because this is you know these are fixed penalty notices that there wouldn't be a jury trial there's nothing to prejudice if you release more information do we think that's partly what might have driven if this is slightly political we've got Sadiq Khan a labor mayor of London saying it's time for her to go whereas the conservative home secretary Priti Patel isn't pushing i mean do we think that's part of the calculation
2: certainly that's put pretty patel and number 10 in a very difficult situation you know the moment that they're that they at this particular point in time were critical of the met it would be seen as as a form of intimidation on the inquiry has yeah. been made very clear from Number 10 aides that they'll be having absolutely nothing to do with the appointment process, and so they'll be trying to keep it as far away from Partygate as possible. Sources close to the mayor say that Partygate doesn't really come into it, that it's all the other issues, and particularly Charing Cross being that case, that just summed up what is rotten with some parts of the Met at the moment.
0: And Fiona, as the search now begins for a replacement for Cressida Dick, how do you think she'll be remembered by the Met?
2: I think publicly she will never be able to get away from the string of scandals that she's had to apologise at the Met. And whoever her successor is, it's going to be their chance to try and pick up some of the work she's already started and and really try and sort out that organisation. Internally, there's a feeling that she's been a bit hard done by. There was a real sense of anger at Scotland Yard on Friday. It hasn't gone unnoticed that the first female leader of the Metropolitan Police, who also happens to be a gay woman, has been forced out in large part because of a misogyny scandal. Mm. I think there's some real concern there about the lack of respect that has been shown to her. This is somebody who did dedicate the best part of four decades of her life to public service. She was castigated publicly for the best part of a year by both, at varying degrees, the Mayor of London and the Home Secretary. And then the rug was abruptly pulled out from under her last week. So I think there's this real sense of acrimony at the moment between City Hall and the Metropolitan Police. And so I think that those tensions will continue for some time.
0: And Fiona, that anger, that acrimony, it kind of just highlights the huge challenge that her successor will face. You know, if you're trying to change a culture within an institution which has been embedded for years and they're already angry and annoyed that the person you're replacing has been taken away and there's a lot of political pressure from everywhere too, I mean, it sounds like an impossible task.
2: Yes, in an analysis piece last week for The Times, I described the commissioner role as being akin to being the England manager there's no shortage of critics of you. <laughs> you get abuse from all directions and probably the strongest comparison is that there's a very good chance it will all end up in ignominy. The Metropolitan Police is an incredibly difficult job. I think it's, it's one of the most difficult jobs in British public life. The new commissioner will be joining at one of the most turbulent times in the Met's history. Perhaps the only comparison could be after the Stephen Lawrence inquiry when the force was labelled institutionally racist. And that was obviously a terrible time, but it's an absolutely enormous in-basket for whoever comes in to be the next commissioner.
0: Whoever does get it, I mean, it won't be an easy challenge. Turning around a culture like this presumably takes years.
2: Yes, I don't think there'll be any quick fix to this. I think that Pretty Patel will certainly want someone, if she can manage it, who's not in the Met at the moment, there is a school of thought that you could get somebody. This always comes up whenever there's a vacancy at the top, whether at some point you get somebody who's not a police officer. But something like that would be incredibly complicated. And the Metropolitan Police, of course, it's got its local policing priorities, but it's got the counter-terrorism command. It's got huge national serious organised crime responsibilities. So the idea of getting somebody in who doesn't have a policing background is a really tricky one. It needs somebody to come in though and really shake things up but these kinds of things will take years to resolve.
0: You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times with me, Manveen Rana, and my guest, the crime and security editor for The Times, Fiona Hamilton. You can read more of Fiona's work at thetimes.co.uk with a subscription or in print. The producer was Ben Mitchell. The executive producer today was James Shield. And sound design was by Tom Birchall. If you'd like to get in touch with us with any ideas for future episodes or any thoughts on what you've just heard, then do drop us a line to Stories of Our Times at thetimes.co.uk. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.